Good morning, my kings and queens, princesses and prince. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today is Sunday. It is November the 14th, I believe, 2021. This is an absolute marvelous day that the Lord has made. And if you have your Bible with you, please open it up. If you have your social media devices, um, please connect or download, swipe left, right, up, down the following scripture. It is coming from the gospel according to John chapter 16, verse 33. I will be reading from the, um, I think this is the uh, NIV version. And it reads, I have told you these things so that you in me may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world may the lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word let us go to god in prayer heavenly father we come to you now thank you for this beautiful marvelous day that you created we thank you god for getting us through yesterday, last night, and this morning. We thank you, God, for what you are doing with us. We thank you for the food that you are giving us. And we thank you, God, for the for the um, nourishment and the um, refreshments of, of drink that you are giving us. We ask, God, that you will take away all the things of the world so that we can get from you and receive from you. We thank you, God, for... You're a mighty God. You're a blessing God. We thank you, God, for taking care of us and taking care of our families. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If I had to give this message today a title, it would be called, The Ugly Truth is Better Than a Beautiful Lie. Again, The Ugly Truth is Better Than a Beautiful Lie. Today, God wants us to think on this. Stop lying to ourselves and let's stop accepting other people's lies. Stop putting ourselves and stop putting our family on the rough side of the mountain. The world offers us managed care. God offers us permanent removal care. Let us take our pick. Do you want managed care or do you want God's permanent removal process? As for us today, life is a gift on this side, yet we trust the same on the other side. This message isn't about the thanatological aspects, that is the aspects of death and dying. We today are speaking in terms of troubled times when they come about uncertainty unspoken words and how we ought to respond as in the words of the former 43rd president george walker bush mixed messages we need to stop responding to mixed messages and when this occurs we have refuge we have to know that we have a place to go to we have a place of covering for our mind, our body, and our spirit. When trials and tribulations 
meet us and they will this is not the same this is not the time I should say to soak in pity some things come to strengthen us to prepare us for other times remember athletes train under brutal times to prepare for brutal times as students we were not just given assignments we had task two we couldn't progress onward until we pass our test i am so glad that there's that there's educational regulations out there in place now and not passing people on without passing the test i'm struggling somehow that i know shouldn't be in a position I'm struggling. I should say, let me say it. Let me say it a little bit better than that. This message came about as I was struggling with someone I know that has a position and um, they really shouldn't be there, according to my thinking, because they haven't done any of the prior groundwork, no graduate school in this area no field education in this area no ordination in ordinary in in, ordin, in ministerial experiences yet having the privilege of the position but i had to remember that this is god's business and not mine so god elevated and it's not for me to say who should have what and just stay on course, not getting tripped up. People say, take six months to mind your own business and take the other six months of the year to stay out of other people's business. And this world would definitely be a better place. In the focus scripture that I read earlier in John chapter 16, verse 33, we find Jesus' words recorded. We have a statement of teaching, remembrance, warning, and encouragement. Becoming a Christian does not guarantee an easy life. And if someone told you that, that was a lie. In fact, Jesus has made it clear that following him can lead to persecution. Remember John chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when everyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. The voice translation says it this way. This is Jesus speaking. 
I am telling you all of this so that you may avoid the offenses that are coming. The time will come when they will kick you out of the church because some believe God desires them to execute you as an act of faithful service. They will do this because they don't know the Father or else they would know me. I'm telling you all this so that when it comes to pass, you will remember that you have heard. Of remember what you have heard. It is not important for me to give you this information in the beginning when I was with you. What this message, what this means is that as Jesus warns of the mistreatment of following, followers can expect. He disarms fear by noting the most important things. If the spirit is within, there is absolutely no reason to fear. In fact, the church would thrive under persecution. Yet humans are obsessed with power, obsessed with political prominence as a means to influence the culture. Christian citizens have an obligation to strive for justice and freedom through the transforming power of the Spirit in people's lives. Rather than asserting temporal power, the real work of the kingdom often thrives under fierce attack and opposition. Jesus announces this coming persecution to his followers, believing this will lead to their finest hour. So do you realize that fear is the leading cause of procrastination, the leading cause of turning back to old ways, the leading cause of staying in and with saying. Fear operates on what we know is comfortable. It operates on what yet we're comfortable and complacent in confusion. It operates on dysfunction. It operates on irrational and maladaptive behaviors. It operates on insecure attachment styles. We at times will run away, will tippy-toe around someone or something instead of facing the truth about things and build on the promises of God. In fact, what are the promises of God? Do you really know what the promises of God are? In fact, we often stand on passive, aggressive actions. We stand on avoidant personalities. And when we feel attacked, we can stake our fear to new levels and become dictators. Or we can become authoritarians. All of this is based on fear. To, dis to disarm all of this, we must follow Jesus on this every day. And every night, 
And believe me, there are times when we do get it not so right. That's why we die daily. This is not an easy pill. It's easier said than done. Moving on to the focus scripture for today. The joy held on by born-again believers comes from knowing that Christ has already obtained ultimate victory. And nothing in this world can undo that. In Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, it really kind of goes over that. And why would we go to any person, any philosophy, any platform that hasn't obtained ultimate victory and cannot stand in ultimate claims that the world cannot undo? No one and nothing can stand up against Jesus. In fact, trying to remove Jesus and go to the Father is like being in a roundabout and can't get out because we're doing the same pattern just with different people, places, and things. We may have a new house, but old came right on in and took up residence. We may have gotten a new spouse, but old patterns took the vows as well. We may have a new relationship, but old thoughts and patterns are still in the midst. The only way out is addressing one's fears, which is an emotion. And like Gandhi said, stop running and letting people with dirty feet run through your mind. So let's stop it. Go to Jesus with all of our dysfunction. Go to Jesus with all of our pain. And go to Jesus with all of our hurts. Now looking back at the scripture I told you earlier about in Romans chapter 8 verse 38 through 39. I'm going to translate it in the voice translation. For I have every confidence that nothing, not death, not life, not heavenly messengers, dark spirits, the present, the future, spiritual powers, height, depth, nor any created thing can come between us and the love of God revealed in the anointed Jesus, our Lord. End of story. The Christ that Christ made it very clear in advance that hard times, you're going to have you some hard times. They are going to come. We should, um, they should re, it should reassure us as believers. These situations do not take God by surprise and they shouldn't take us by surprise. Don't get all down and out because stuff happens. You just need to pick up your cross, bear it, and turn to the Lord and keep it moving. And several times in the scripture, as we look at things, during the Last Supper, Jesus has pointed out that he is deliberately giving advance warning. We can go to John chapter 13, verse 9. We can go to chapter 14, verse 25. And we can go to chapter 16, verse 4. His explicit purpose for this is encouragement rather than reacting in fear or confusion. Christians should be aware 
that these experiences are a part of God's greater uh, greater plan. In the book of Hebrews, especially in chapter 11, he celebrates heroes of the faith who chose to hold fast and trust in God. That trust, scripture shows, was well placed, even if fulfillment of God's promises didn't come until after those believers had passed into eternity. And the peace that Jesus is speaking about is not worldly comfort or even worldly happiness. This is the confidence rest that we find in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. And believers experience when they set aside anxiety and trust God to work out his will. We have to trust God to work out his will. It is common in both ancient literature and biblical prophecy. Jesus speaks of something guaranteed by God as if it has already happened. Prior to this last supper, Christ overcame the temptations of human life and the direct lures of Satan. The greater victory, however, will come after his arrest and crucifixion when he is raised from the dead. This final statement of confidence leads into one of the holiest portions of the Bible. That is Christ's high priestly prayer that we find in chapter 17. So what is the promise to us? Throughout Jesus' teaching in the Last Supper that we find in John chapter 13 verses 1 through 5, Jesus has often brought up the fact that he's given his followers advance warnings. In John chapter 13, verse 19, and in also chapter 14, verse 25, his intent is to provide encouragement because persecution as a result of their faith is inevitable. In keeping with that reassurance, Jesus again promises the coming of the Holy Spirit. He explains that after a time of deep sorrow, his followers will experience great joy and clarity. This concludes with a beloved promise that Christ has overcome the world. So again, scholars of theological thought reveal that there are 7,000 147 promises from God to us in the Bible. That is a lot of promises. We may not get it all, 
get to all of the 7,147 promises. But I know seven, which is the number of completion, we can stand on very easily. Unlike man who makes promises to family, makes promises to friends every day, and then miserably fails to keep his word. God has made promises of what he will do for us and will keep them all the days of our lives. God's promises have never, ever failed. Scripture proves this. His word and the fulfillment of his word is what makes him a trusting God. I am your strength. I will never leave you. I have plans for you to prosper. I hear your prayers. I will give you peace. I always love you. We have to stop taking matters into our own hands, as many of us often do, when we are not willing to wait on the Lord and his plan for our lives. Just remember, Sarah requested that Abraham go to their servant, Hagar, and conceive a child with her. So Sarah could raise a baby. Sarah desperately wanted a child. Remember, you remember this? And so Abraham did as Sarah requested. Abraham and Hagar, their servant, did have a child. And Sarah and Abraham were to raise the child as their own. But God had different plans for Abraham and Sarah. Fear, psychosis, and other mental health dysfunctions were at work in all of this psychotic, crazy stuff. Because of Sarah's doubts, her worries, and fears, and taking matters into her own hands, she had actually forfeited the peace she could have felt in God's wonderful promises to us. And isn't that like us? We lose, we forfeit our peace because we stick our hands in the cookie jar trying to help out God. God tells us every day, I hear your prayers. I will give you peace. We must trust him to do what he says he's going to do. Scripture tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let Jesus take the will today. Fully surrender to the Lord. We have to take our heads off of the stirring will. Get out of our head and stop playing the narrative. I am going. No way I am not going to drive this hands free. Take our feet off of the brakes. 
let our feet free. No reason to feel afraid. Gear in neutral. That's when we realize we have been hijacked by Jesus. And that's a good thing. Let Jesus hijack you. Can't steer. Because when Jesus hijacks you, you are not going to be taking control. Because you won't be able to steer. You won't be able to brake. And you won't be able to change your gears. And the only thing we are allowed to do is to just sit and watch our life move forward. And all of us can attest, you've got to know, that there are times when you wonder how the heck did you make it over. Well, I know how I got over. That had to be nothing but the Lord. Look at God. We read in scriptures that God has plans for us. That God is our shepherd. And about him being our rock. But do we really trust him with our lives Absolutely, on many days, no. We don't want to surrender because we are afraid we might crash. So we grab life by the horns and steer forward without him. And look what happens. We believe in him, but we don't want to let, we don't want to. We don't want Jesus to take the wheel. Unlike the girl in, um, what's it, Carrie Underwood's song, and I'm sure other people sung this song because this is a very favorite song to many people, Jesus Take the Wheel. We are not willing to let Jesus get away, get any closer to our business, our life, and our family. And we don't trust him enough. We believe him, but we don't trust him. We are not willing to let Jesus take the wheel. And then a few minutes later, we come out of the drive through out, I mean through with a sparkling clean car. Surrendering had work. And our fears were baseless. And one last thing I want to say this in closing. How much are we really going to surrender to Jesus and how much do we really trust Jesus and can you honestly say Jesus take the will in every facet of our life can we truthfully say that every decision in our life is made by listening to his voice have we given Jesus the will the brakes and the gearbox of our life. Is he driving? Or are we still grabbing the steering wheel? God knows our lives more than we do. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows our tomorrow. And giving God control is not losing control. It's getting our vehicle called life Sparkling clean, hands free. Remember, Jesus loves us. He paid for our sins on the cross and wants to be a part of our life. Jesus specializes in cleaning up all of our garbage. Giving us hope and giving us a future. 
and giving us rest, rest, restoration. That's why I can't focus on getting entangled in other people's stuff. That is for the triune God to deal with. God's delight, God delights when we pray. Get off of social media telling your business. God listens. Give it to the Lord. He listens. He blesses. He heals. He corrects. He forgives. And he strengthens. He is not going to troll you. Let me say it again. Get off of social media telling people your business. God listens. God blesses. God heals. He corrects. He forgives. He strengthens you. So, we close as we open with John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Rise today, keeping all scriptures in the message close. And remember Mary's song is praising. Remember Mary's song. And she was praising God who has chosen her to be the mother of, of his only son. Her words are powerful and they hold lessons that we can take today. And all that was going to happen, she know, she's, has no doubt was feeling some anxiety as she lived in a community that would ostracize her. Mm. She was betrothed, but not officially married. That means that she was living with a man that she had not married in those times. She was still a virgin, yet she could not prove that to the common man. There are things in our life that we that we know that's all God because we know what's really going on, but we can't prove it because it's all God, and there's no reason to try to try, try to speak it to somebody else because it's all God. Each day, let us recite and post in our heart Luke what he what he takes. He took the song from the lips of Hannah and places it on the tongue of Mary. He asserts that the promises of liberation is not only an Exodus story, a story of Yahweh and the and the Hebrew people, but a commitment that is renewed in the ministry of Jesus. It's a woman's song that was also our Savior's lullaby, a message of hope. The magnificent focuses upon those who receive God's word and crest themselves upon the might of his arm to deliver them. Remember Luke chapter 1 verses 46 through 56. My spirit celebrates God, my liberator, for though I'm God's humble servant, God has noticed me. 
now and forever. I will be considered blessed by all generations. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Only his, only, holy is God's name. From generation to generation, God's loving kindness endures for those who re revere him. God's arm has accomplished mighty deeds. The proud in mind and heart, God has sent away in disarray. The rulers from their high positions of power, God has brought down low. And those who were humbled and lowly, God has elevated with dignity. The hungry, God has fulfilled with fine food. The rich, God has dismissed with nothing in their hands. To Israel, God's servants. To Israel, God's servants. God has given help as promised in our, to our ancestors. Remembering Abraham and his descendants in mercy forever. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word and to his message today. Have a blessed and beautiful day in the Lord. Remember to love yourself, love others, forgive others, forgive yourself, and have peace, joy, hope, and encouragement in Christ. Jesus' name, amen.